When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to the Wolverine.com podcast, our video edition. I'm John Borton here with Tom Crawford, our man in East Lansing, behind enemy lines and always ready to go for Michigan. Tom, we're going to talk some football and basketball today. And I know you are ready for both of those. Welcome back to the podcast. Well, it's great to be back here. What are we at? Uh, December 21st. Is that the darkest day uh, there is in the world um, in the winter here in the Midwest? And uh, it's all, you know, days are going to get brighter moving forward going up to December 31st. I cannot wait to be down in Miami. Finally, finally, Michigan is in the college football playoff and I cannot wait. Absolutely. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Michigan in the playoff. We're first going to touch on uh, a couple other subjects because there has uh, has been a renewal of the incoming Wolverines, and that would be uh, the early signing day. I just wanted to get uh, a, a few impressions from you because we know that a Big Ten championship and a playoff berth does wonders to change the perception of your program and it looked like to me Michigan finished certainly stronger than it would have if it had had the kind of Novembers that it, it's had of late. Yeah and that's the problem and, I, and by, I'll go on record as saying along with probably a lot of other folks that this uh, December signing period has got to end. It is so problematic in so many ways with the transfer portal ingredient to I, I can't stand it. Uh, it's got to go back Let's go with that early signing period. In early August, if you want to commit, you want to commit early, there's your early commit time before your high school camp opens, before Michigan's camp opens. Lock in, okay, and then do the traditional February thing, which was a ball of fun. I love that first Wednesday in February. This thing is all right in the middle of bow prep and all that other stuff. I cannot stand it. I hope they change it. That being said, and I was talking to Anthony before before you jumped on here, it's so nice to have Michigan – and on a good note, you know, with a house, because now all of a sudden in December, everything is thumbs up for the Wolverine football program. And we saw a, uh, a rating of what, 15, 17, whatever Michigan was in the, in the recruiting rankings, uh, you know, maybe mid, uh, mid-October to, to mid-November. All of a sudden they beat Ohio State. They win the Big Ten Championship. And they're in the single digits where they belong in the top ten. Um, I, I think it was terrific, and you're right. That's uh, dovetails off success. Exactly. You not only uh, make sure you keep a Will Johnson, the superstar of the class, uh, and everybody breathing a sigh of relief about yeah. that, you add guys like uh, Darius Clemens and other others that 
came in uh, that that you might not have expected as much. Your thoughts on uh, just just on the makeup of this class from what you've seen. Well, I mean, Darius Clemens was a kid who lived here in East Lansing till he was ten years old, and uh, and then moved out of here, um, and, and now he's back. And and Andrew Anthony knows him, <laughs> so that's that's kind of cool. I mean, you know, the Will Johnson thing was a little weird. I mean, that was like, uh, okay, I'm looking, I'm looking, like when is this? When's the big gem coming in here? And uh, with some other friends, not that I'm a recruit, Nick. And, and let me tell you something, I do not, JB embrace the significant background. I mean, your, your staff at the Wolverine, all the, all the other experts, the Alan Trues, the world, all those people are terrific, okay? And mm-hmm. I learned from them. But I don't even delve into them until they get on campus, until they're in, not maybe not even spring, but maybe in the fall, I'll start to dive into those freshmen and see who is plausible to play year one, get to know them and articulate through that way as opposed to, getting you know all go psyched up about him uh like will johnson i remember his brother was a great player at michigan uh or, or his dad rather dion but i mean i'm just you know I, I i'm not a recruit nick i will admit that but that being said when they're a top 10 i'm at least relieved that they're in the hunt with all the other powers well and i've always said i will take all the uh three-star mike hearts and two-star braylon yeah. edwards that, that michigan can get because we know that uh, there are understarred gems out there all the time, every year. Yes, you have, and I know the the argument, you have a greater chance with five stars. That's great. Uh, Get as many of those as you can, but, but don't discount the guys that are on that list that you know some of them are going to come and, and be really, really good. I want to talk to yeah, real, real quick, I want, I want to add one other thing, though. And I, and I think that it, it shows that the Big Ten East, not only in the regular season, but now in recruiting, when you have a Rutgers and an Indiana have really top, solid 20, top 20 recruiting classes, my God, winning the Big Ten East is going to be brutal this, this going forward, which is why I'm glad a lot of these Michigan fans are going down to Miami to embrace the CFP because who knows when this opportunity is going to come up again based purely on the competition of that division. I, I hear you. I hear you. Uh, I read an interesting article uh, not long ago, and it was from someone who covers Iowa, I believe, and writing about the fact that, my goodness, it, you know, it's underscored again, the East is so much greater than the West. Oh, yeah. If you win the East, you're in. I know there have been some competitive games where the West is uh, – given a given a run to the east winner but but that's the hurdle i mean yeah that's it 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 made the point that uh if if you win the west you might be the third or fourth or fifth best team in the east and that might be overstating it but my goodness there's so much imbalance there yeah, and look at the SEC. I mean, they never—they've had that imbalance for a long time with the West and the E. The West being the stronger one with Bama, but then you have Georgia sitting over there, you know, with his with his tent pitched over there, nice having a picnic, you know, being a really really good team in in the, in the weaker division, and they're going to be sitting there in that berth all the time in the SEC. They, I, I think, it, you know, maybe you send a Michigan State over to the West to balance it out, and it'll still lock in. The Michigan-Michigan State rivalry, I think that should be poked at, although I don't want to make it easy for Michigan State 
that's for sure. Um, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do in the Big Ten, but it's 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 kind of wacky right now, and uh, and so so tough to get out and and get to Indy. If you get to Indy, you you can get to the CFP. Speaking of Michigan State, before we move on to the uh, Georgia and the football playoff, I, I want to talk just a moment about college football free agency and what its its short and long term effects. Its short-term effect in East Lansing has been a, a tremendous payoff for Mel Tucker. $95 million contract and uh, the being able to, to beat Michigan this year with, a, with an import running back that scored five touchdowns. But now we see 15 more Spartans recently leaving the roster. And I, you know, I certainly Michigan has its, uh, attrition and brings in other guys. I'm not saying that, but there seems to be so much emphasis on it up there that it's almost like uh, you come in and if you don't pan out right away, you get run off and then it's okay. We're, we're bringing in the free agents, which they're tapping into heavily again down the road. Do you see that as being a potential problem with uh, when you're dealing with high school programs, when you're trying to recruit, when you're uh, having these relationships with coaches that have had players that uh, were were processed, for lack of a better word, um, your, your thoughts about that? Well, you know what it is, John. It means you recruit every day, every day of your life, because you got to recruit your own players every day. Now you're happy here, right? 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 If you want to keep them, and and then you and, and it's like you look and like Michigan State's treating this like a blank canvas. Let's just let's start out with a fresh canvas every year and, mm-hmm. and go from there. And they're looking at Michigan State's looking at the portal as uh, the great equalizer. And I know a lot of other teams are as well. I mean, we, we say we can't re- recruit with, uh, you know, with a, in, a traditional incoming freshman. We'll try to be the king of the portal. And my God, as of yesterday, I just learned yesterday from my radio partner, Jack. I mean, there are over a thousand names now in the portal. And I'm guaranteeing you, those thousand kids are not going to have a place to land. It's a really dicey thing. If you're if you're a quarterback and you don't play as a freshman, like the kid out of uh, Ohio State is going to go down to his home state of Texas and play for the Longhorns, you're going bye bye. I mean, this is crazy. I, I think it's going to be, it's going to take that that position director of player personnel, which used to be the recruiting coordinator. Now they got a, now they got a more power position, director of player personnel. That's an NFL term, by the way. And that's the real orchestra leader of this program of, of, of who's going to be on your team next year, who are going to shove off. It's crazy. And the other, one other thing that I, that I, I want to point out is that when you just miss on somebody, say you just a near miss on a top recruit, Hey, keep that relationship going. You, we might be reeling you in next year in the portal. That's how mm-hmm. nuts this thing is. Yeah, no doubt about it. And that last statement that you made begs another question. You're talking about quarterbacks. Does Michigan, that I think did a, a, an extremely good job of balancing and, and working J.J. Uh, McCarthy in along with the starter who wound up, you know, somebody says, well, uh, somebody said on the fort uh, talking about a uh, a Cade McNamara type, and I said, "Well, if you if you mean a Cade McNamara type that's uh, twelve and one and playoff bound and a Big Ten champion and all of that, uh, absolutely, you you don't push that person away. But 
but you're talking about two guys that are, I think, are capable, certainly, of playing in the Big Ten. One has proven it, and one has shown all kinds of flashes. Do we see in uh, not only in the in the playoffs, but I think even more so next year, a greater two quarterback system, for lack of a better word. Yeah, I mean, I, Michigan might be a you know stand, a standalone in that of being able to make that thing work because you always hear the Oakland cliche. Yeah, if you have two you know two starting quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. You have two you know two share you know quarterbacks that, that share. You have none, and I disagree with that wholeheartedly, particularly in this situation because their skill sets are are are, are different, and their skill sets are all good. Um, I, I'm you know I'm probably more bullish on JJ McCarthy than you, John. And, I, you know, it's almost like the Michigan fan base is divided a la the Drew Henson, Tom Brady days. I mean, it was crazy. Are you a Brady guy? Oh, no, I'm a Henson guy. I mean, blah, blah, blah. And that's what's happening right now. But I really think Michigan could make it work. And I'm going to tell you the reason why J.J. McCarthy. I think he's a Michigan man through and through. I think he'd be willing. I mean, he's got – he's only a freshman. So if he does the sharing part next year, then he's got that – that starting slot all to himself in case, uh, unless somebody else comes in, a, a local kid, as we well know, might be coming in from MLK. I don't know to push him. Who knows? But I'm, what I'm saying is, is that um, I, I think it could work next year. And then JJ would be the starter his junior year and see where it goes from there. But I hope that works because I think it's a plus. Uh, I would like a little bit more participation from JJ McCarthy next year. I think he deserves it. He brings another element of threat to a defense. And you might see that on December 31st to Georgia when it's needed. That's, that's what's, that's going to be a compelling moment. I think. I agree with you. And I think you're going to see it. Not, not only perhaps in the, in the playoff game, the first playoff game, but I do think you'll see it next year. I think it's a natural uh, evolution. And, you know, you mentioned maybe being a little more bullish on J.J. McCarthy than I am. I'm not sure that I agree with that because uh, <laughs> I, I am I, – I just think J.J. McCarthy is going to be a star. I think oh, he's, he's gonna unbelievable. Be, he's going to be excellent. But my – I think my the perception of me as a, as a quote-unquote McNamara guy yeah. comes from the fact that he was getting so much uh, – anything from heat to abuse early on as, you know, when is this going to happen? When are they going to, we know it's going to, JJ McCarthy is going to be the quarterback by <laughs> Ohio state. When's the, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about people at large. Uh, when's this going to happen? We know it's inevitable. And I said, I, I'm not sure it is. I saw Brian Greasy lead a team to the, uh, to the national championship. And here in Cade McNamara, you've got a guy, that has played more games already than Greasy played in 97 and has two fewer interceptions with four. Yep. Yeah, but I want to make one point, and I, 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 that's an excellent example that you're giving there. But you got to understand something. I mean, you know this. I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm making a point about it. 24 years span from 1997 and now, offense is the name of the game as opposed to defense, the name of the game in 97. I mean, there's more pressure. There's more more responsibility, accountability, dependability on the quarterback in 2021 than there was in 1997, in my opinion. Because offenses, I mean, th these offenses are, that's what everybody talks about. I mean, Nick Saban learned that. I mean, everybody, Jim, you know, Jim Harbaugh's learned that. Everybody's learned that. We have to move the football. 
And I think that's a little bit different now than versus 97. Uh, but I think some things can be the, the similar because you went back to the future to beat Ohio State. You held them 20 points under their season average, and you ran blocking schemes, according to Doug Skeen, that were that were exactly what they were running under Bo Schembechler uh, with with gap blocking as opposed to, to zone blocking. And so, I, you know, I, I agree with you. It is not it is not the 90s. But I think there are there can be some carryover and there can be some middle ground to this uh, this thing where I, I don't think you have to uh, you, that you have to be a throw it every down offense. They beat Ohio State because they beat Ohio State up. And uh, yeah, you, but you, but at, well, let's revisit this on January 11th when Michigan uh, were celebrating the national championship. Uh, from the night before, okay? And we'll see what happens in these next two games to see if well, that, still, that formula still works. Regardless, Georgia and Alabama, which I would say that Michigan would get if it beats Georgia, uh, are, are really exceptional teams. You get to that level, you're going to have your hands full anyway. So, but I, I hear what you're saying. You have to mix in the ability to be to be explosive. And mm-hmm. that's the beauty of what I, I think that they've done. Here you've got, if you go by 50-yard-plus plays, the most explosive team in America with with Michigan. You had to – you saw that Iowa was going to play you a tougher defense, and so what did you do? You ramped it up. You've got Donovan Edwards unleashing the football, and you've got other explosive plays happening. I think they know they're going to have to have that against Georgia, and I think that's going to be one of the key things because you know – you know that Georgia is going to – uh, sell out to stop the run and take that away. And I think uh, a, a big difference is going to be what what does Michigan do in those circumstances? When uh, can you catch them? Can you make them pay? Can you uh, produce those kind of big plays and and get the edge on the Bulldogs that way? Yeah, and, I, and my concern is actually, I mean, all great points, and and we are looking at that at that that matchup of of Michigan's offense, Georgia defense. But I agree with Angelique Shangelis. She was on the Beat Ken Network the other night. And uh, about it's, it's Georgia's offense against Michigan defense uh, is really going to be telling. And, and, and Michigan's defense has got to stop them. They cannot allow Georgia to run the football. And I'll be, you know, you can bet this, uh, you know, bet the store on the farm on this one, that Georgia's going to look at that Michigan State tape. They're going to, the only loss that Michigan had. And they're going to look at that Michigan State tape tape and, and figure out how the Spartans ran all over Michigan in that, in that third and fourth quarter. Uh, and, and I, and you know, with, with Kenneth Walker, I know they don't have a Kenneth Walker on their team, but Michigan has got to stop the run. And if they don't stop the run, they're in a whole pack of trouble on, on the night of the 31st. Well, what they'll start looking at is, okay, is Michigan switching defenses on two of our touchdowns like they were with Michigan state. No, and if you're yeah. Michigan, hopefully you have That's that fixed by now. That's absolutely, I mean, that is, that was one of the things that, I mean, even Aiden Hutchinson, who is all Michigan, I mean, to the bone marrow said in the post game, in his frustration and anger, they scored two touchdowns while we were still switching out. That can't be. And, and I think, I think it's really the same story, whether it's Michigan's offense against Georgia's defense Georgia's uh, offense against me. They're both going to want to stop the run. Georgia's averaging five yards a crack by their top runners. If you, if they are able to 
make that against Michigan, uh, it's not going to go well. And so <laughs> I think Michigan's defense, you, you've gotten to the point where uh, uh, their their new defensive coordinator uh, is has come in, Mike McDonald, and done a, a really, really good job overall. Now, you have to be ready with that that system to have the people you want on the field and be able to uh, slow down that run game and, uh, and make Georgia's quarterback throw the football more. Yeah. I'm feeling a 17, 14 slobber knocker coming on uh, in that game. I, I, I really do. I think defense is going to rain. It's going to, it's going to be a physical, physical game. I mean, there's some extraordinary athletes on that Georgia defense and, and, and the same thing holds for Michigan with the two great Defensive end. and everybody seems to be stepping up. This is the thing I like about Michigan this year that has not happened in the past. You have players emerging both sides of the ball that got better as the season went on all the way to the end. Mike Sandler still is an example on offense. Rod Moore is an example on defense. DJ Turner. That's something we've been wanting to see, and we're seeing it, and that's why they're down in Miami. Well, I hope it is a 17-14 game because, for for one, it's that throwback game, and it, it's yes. not the uh, it's not the fifty-five fifty-four double overtime, um, and it's and it certainly allows a team like Michigan to have a great chance to uh, with its defense and with its big playability to pull something off and uh, and beat Georgia. I, I just I'm I'm really looking forward to this one. Any other uh, aspects around this playoff game that you want to talk about? We have to, we're going to talk about uh, basketball as well. But before we shift into uh, hard court mode, uh, any other thoughts on your mind about this game that you think uh, you want to address? Well, I mean, I, I and this goes back to the old days of Michigan would beat Ohio State in the 70s and 80s. They have a lot of momentum playing their best ball at the end of the year. And then, you, then, then came the off period, all right? And they go out to the Rose Bowl, and let's just say they did not pick up where they left off. I'm just really interested in seeing. I mean, Michigan was in and on a roll with that back end. Those back-to-back games, Ohio State. I mean, I thought they played well, uh, in, you know, in, in the Maryland game. And, and you know, the Penn State game was, was huge. I mean, they finished strong. And it's now then comes the off period. And can they, can they regenerate that momentum and fire? I'm sure they will, but I'm confident they will. Um, but it's like those first couple series in the game, there's going to be a lot of, you know, I'm looking, I'm going to be looking with a microscope of how, just how that goes. And, and are they picking right back up where they left off? Because I, I think those off periods uh, of, of the gap of three and a half, whatever weeks it was granted. I mean, in the old days, it was the, the Saturday before Thanksgiving, Michigan was done. They didn't even play Thanksgiving weekend, the Michigan Ohio state game. And then they played January one. This is a little tighter. Uh, off period, so maybe that'll be the difference, and I just hope that they can uh, regenerate that momentum. And I think the other difference could be Michigan has a more, and we're talking about old days to new days, certainly a more evolved, uh, complex, and uh, and pass-effective offense to throw at an opponent. And I think as Georgia right. tries to cheat those safeties up and stop the run, the crossing patterns, the uh, the guys like Andrell Anthony and uh, and some of your other receivers could make a massive difference in this game. And so we'll see how that all plays out. 
switching to the hard court. Uh, certainly, <laughs> Michigan is still on the whipsaw. You know, Minnesota. Oh, that's the oh. that's the end. You know, <clears throat> this team is just not going to be very good. And then you know you get signs of life in the next one. And I understand it wasn't uh, a Big Ten game or anything, but you see a Devonte Jones rise up and start making some threes, and some other guys come forward. I, I that those were very positive steps in that game, but you know you get tonight uh, another chance to work on that. When how are you? How are your emotions with this team as you see? You know the 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 certainly the stumbles that we didn't expect before the season, and then these little signs of life as, in terms of uh, okay, well, you know maybe maybe uh, this is not going to be the struggle that we thought. You know, I, I'm shocked. I'm saying this: a, a conquest of the uh, Southern Utah Thunderbirds would be a quote unquote turning point of season tonight, and I'm overstating that. But but I was sitting courtside of this game with a friend of mine up close and, I, and, I, and you get to see things right as opposed to we're up we're in the media level in the second level but i mean michigan has gotta they gotta hold on tighter to the ball i mean they they, they seem to they seem to not absorb the basketball and 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 uh you know, have too many takeaways that being said um i i really i really was pleased with what i saw in Devonte jones and and a couple other kids like zeb jackson Zeb Jackson gets his feet under him. His shoulders are straight. That guy's got a decent shot. If, if Michigan can develop their backcourt play, and Devontae Jones is going to be, he's going to click on. It's just been this transition problem. Hunter Dickinson was talking about it the other day um, that, um, it, you know, it, it's not going to be a seamless transition from a, a coastal Carolina. Uh, you're playing in, the, you know, the Sun Belt to the Big Ten. So, and and I, I think he's really focused. I love Frankie Collins, though. I'm going to state that right now. I want to promise you he's going to be my favorite player for the next at least three years, unless, and maybe he'll go to the NBA after that. Who knows how good he's. This kid is the answer. I kid you not. He's got confidence. He's got skills. I And it's just polish. And uh, I, I just like the way he carries himself. I like the way he communicates with the with – the, uh, the senior, the upperclassmen. I just like what I saw on Frankie Collins. And every time I've seen him play, I mean, even these bad games, the first half against Carolina, first half against Arizona, um, you saw those, you know, glimpses of what this cat is all about. That's a name that we're going to, that's a Derek Walton in the making. I'm, I'm declaring it right now, JB. So what you're, you're, you're basically saying that Frankie Collins is basketball's JJ McCarthy. <laughs> yeah, that guy that I just you know that I get I get overly excited about and I don't think straight with. Yep, he's my JJ McCarthy. That's a that's a perfect illustration. Good job there, my friend. <laughs> well, and I like the fact. I mean, certainly he's making an impact now, but as he grows, as he gets better with his shot and with his yeah. ability to play ball screens and with just with his knowledge of the college game, those tools. And I mentioned Ricky Green before. I see him bringing the basketball up, the tempo picks up when he's on the yep. court. I just, I think, you know, this kid could be really special down the road. Uh, yeah. But I'm glad you brought up Hunter Dickinson because listening to him talk, you uh, you understood, it, it was a good reminder. He's saying, no, it's not only Devontae Jones getting adjusted. You've got all these freshmen. Oh, yeah. They're asked to be played 
to to play really big roles. And not every true freshman that comes onto a college roster is going to be a Hunter Dickinson right from the start. For one thing, Hunter Dickinson had the advantage of being seven one, so he's uh, he's kind of above it all. But he was also uh, he played such a high level in uh, in high school and in uh, AAU and in different things that uh, you know he was battle tested against uh, college players before he came to Michigan. I'm not saying it wasn't that these guys that are coming in haven't played the competition, but what I am saying is you don't just snap your fingers and get Hunter Dickinson level production out of freshmen. And they are getting adjusted. I want to see even more the difference between them now and say mid-February. Oh yeah. And I I liked Hunter's point, you know, referencing practice. He he saw this past week leading up after that Minnesota debacle, how he saw all of a sudden things start clicking in practice. And, And you you know, practice is a, is a cornerstone of how you play, how you practice is how you play. And he was a, you know, that's a good leader that Hunter's noticing that stuff. And I know it's been, I mean, he looked out of sorts in the Carolina game, um, but I'm, I'm liking, uh, you know, once again, up close the other night in a rare opportunity, I, I like, I like what I see up close to Hunter Dickinson. I think he's going to have a great year. Look, this team, because of their schedule, John, uh, big 10 wise, you know, they got to go to the rack Rutgers, I, I, you know, Right before the new year, that's their third Big Ten team. And then they got Michigan State on the 8th, who's going to push, push, push. And then and Purdue coming in on the 11th. You, you might think this is weird saying that, but Michigan just needs to win one of those three. And they're still going to be all right. They're going to be all right because I just like that, I don't know, that 13 team or that 11, you know, that 2011 team, they were one and six. They beat Michigan State up at Breslin. I think it was 11 team. All of a sudden, they're, when Zach was there, Zach Novak, and Stu Douglas, and their season flipped. It might be one of those scenarios where Michigan goes sub-500 record-wise in the Big Ten, and then it clicks, just like you said, in February, and it might even be late January. This is a this is an NCAA tournament team. I'll make that declaration right now. All right. That's a great note to end on. Uh, Tom Crawford, always fun to talk Michigan football and basketball with you. We will do it again uh next week and appreciate you so much my friend uh have a great holiday season and uh again appreciate you being on with us happy holidays to all the wolverine.com listeners and uh, we'll talk to you next week it'll be just a few days prior to the orange bowl and i'm looking forward to it it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.